0: Welcome to After Pulse, the extra podcast from the host of the Community Pulse. Let's hear what your hosts are talking about in this episode.
1: Um, Yeah, so, hey, so I'm jumping in on the After Pulse. I was not in the main episode, but I did listen to the whole thing, and amazing episode uh, great you know I knew, I, I've said this before I think a lot of times we talk about diversity and we, we think about you know the different people that we see and, and the different makeup of companies but diversity of thought like that's what we had this episode it was like a lot of diversity of thought coming into a concept um, that isn't super familiar to everybody like I think a lot of people are like oh I got it in DevRel working for a big corporation or a big team or something like that and being you know DevRel number one is a t- an entirely different experience, I think it was really neat that uh, that Adrian and Taylor and David got the chance to come and share that
2: one thing that I thought was interesting was that the three of them i think and correct me if I 'm wrong for those of you who know the careers of our guests but I believe that all of them have had experience at different sizes of companies um, prior to being um, The early stage hires. And I kind of wanted to dig into that a little bit further, but we, you know, for the sake of time, we didn't have it. But um, some folks, um, myself included, didn't know anything about DevRel before joining being the early DevRel hire. So I think that might've been an interesting sort of thread to pull a little bit. I I do think ultimately it would have come down to, to some some similar answers, but um, I think that one thing that um, we could have like drawn a a clearer line on was like probably get some experience in DevRel before you take (laughs) the plunge into a startup, unless you want to learn
3: all the things at once. And that's that's honestly the one piece of advice that I would give folks who are looking to start, you know, maybe their first developer advocate role. Like doesn't matter how long you've been a developer, doesn't matter if you manage a meetup on the side, doesn't matter if you speak at a couple conferences, like if you are going in as employee number three, five, 13, and the very first DevRel professional at a company, like. You, you're you in for a wild ride. And having that experience, even if it's just a year, but having that experience of I've done DevRel at a company, I've been in this role before, I at least have my my feet wet a little bit, gives you so much more stability. And the biggest concern of mine, honestly, is seeing so many of these early stage startups say, hey, we need a developer advocate. And they're um, bringing in people who haven't been a developer advocate at prior companies. And if the founders don't know what they're doing with developer advocacy or developer relations and the person in the role is brand new to it as well, I'm seeing people falter because they don't have anyone to learn from or grow with at the company. And all of these things are on their plate. So all of those topics that we talked about, about, you know, pushing back and saying, no, I need to prioritize this. And this is the thing we should be working on right now. They don't have the skills to be able to do that. So I I would say a have experience if you, if you can, um, and if you're finding yourself in that position right now, find another person who's willing to kind of shepherd you through that journey. And it doesn't yeah. have to be an official coach or consultant or anything else. There are those as well, PJ. Um, but <laughs> Howdy, like folks. find someone to kind of guide you in that journey of like, what the hell am I supposed to be doing right now? There's 18 different things on my plate, each of which pull me in five different directions, right?
1: Well, I I think it's interesting. You brought up the whole idea of consulting. And like, I work with a lot of early stage startups that aren't even ready to hire their first DevRel person. Like I, you know, that's, that's the niche of what DevRelate does on a regular basis. But it's interesting to see, like there's no cookie cutter way and you address this in the book a lot, Mary. We talked about a lot, you know, coming out of you writing that, that there's no there's no way to say, okay, so listen, DevRel, step number one, we're going to start a meetup. We're going to bring a hackathon. We're going to run a conference. This is what we do. Step one, we're going to, you know, put our billboards up in the middle of, of the tenderloin in San Francisco, because that's exactly what you need to do. This is DevRel basics, folks. Like there there isn't a DevRel basics. It's different. You, I mean, first, you have to get to know your company. That's the biggest thing are you are you open source or open source focused um are you are you really enterprisey like what who who are the developers you're trying to rel? you know this <laughs> the other part of people that know devrel the other part is the rel we got the rel what about the devs who are they um like you know i i've seen companies that actually like their end users aren't developers but they still need a community relations specialist to to deal with that and they bring in devrel people who are expecting to speak to dev developers and that's not it's not the same conversation. I mean, I think that's something that we talked about in um we did the episode uh at, a, at abstractions with uh, with Rain and SJ. I think that was actually SJ's first episode where we talked about you know community management and stuff like that, and it not being, it's not always about the developer. Uh, yes, that is the largest group of people that we talk to, but it's not the only group that we talk to, and that being key to you know learning and figuring out how to focus. Um, all of which is to say, that was a big ramp. I didn't speak during the first the the episodes. Now the after <laughs> pulse is mine. Got everyone to
3: say. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking that. Yeah.
1: But but yeah, but like seriously, like the the first step is you know when you're an early employee or you know the first DevRel person at a company, figure out who your audience is first. You know they always say you know read the room, read the room first, and it's not the room you're in with the rest of the company. It's the the room that's outside of you.
2: One thing that I'm surprised that didn't come up, which I I kind of thought it would, and now based on the conversations that we're having now and the conversations we had in the session was that we didn't talk about budget at all. I kind of thought we would, but in reflection, like in those early days, you really are working on A, understanding who your developers are, even if that's just a beta group that you're working with at that time and like what the product is and what the big vision is and how you can actually create a a DevRel strategy that aligns to that. But then also just like the grunt work of building the, basic foundational tools like a blog, like making sure your docs are in good shape, like actually making sure your APIs make sense to the outside world. Like <laughs> um, there's so much the to do things. before budget, it, budget even comes into play, unless you're talking about like maybe needing to hire a contractor to build out, you know, SDKs and libraries, things like that. But um, I thought that was going to be a big topic. And in reflection, it actually kind of makes sense that it wasn't um maybe like a bit of a later play that you start injecting money into like raising awareness because you need to make all that foundational stuff work first Wesley
4: I was also we also didn't really talk about um goals yeah. and measurements yeah. and OKRs and all the stuff that from our previous episodes um that people were saying this is what we're focusing on and this is the thing that is driving uh our priorities like most of the priorities like uh there was some company there's some uh, developer empathy, like in order to get this to work, they need all these things. And so that takes priority, but there was uh, not necessarily like a North Star overarching drive in a particular direction. It's just more like ping up the pieces as they come and trying to jump in front of that train (laughs) to make sure like the bullet or whatever, to make sure things are gonna be safe uh, for the community or for the company in either direction. whether it be documentation whether it be some preemptive feedback um it seems like that was a lot of what people i,
1: I think it's actually interesting that wesley mixed his metaphors there because i think that in and of itself is the metaphor for your first step into to come. is like it's like what's working is it the train is it the bullet like what what resonates what makes sense and like so like i i don't think that was your intention in the construction of that's
4: well, one was self-sacrifice for no reason. <laughs> one was self-sacrifice for protection. You know, so experiment. I think I
1: think it's also a metaphor. I don't know something something Superman something yeah, something, something yeah. right. Yeah.
3: No, but I think that's a good point, yeah. right? Like, there's so often that the the officialness of OKRs and goal setting and all of that comes after you're at you know employee number 25 um and it might come earlier but I think there's there's an important piece there that you said that like we didn't talk through how do you find that north star and I think sometimes that that main focus comes from like developer empathy cool we are making sure that this is the best possible experience that the developers have and maybe that's your primary goal maybe if you're you know joining the company immediately post go to market launch like, cool. I am focused on awareness and I am writing content and I am letting everybody know in all of the various communities that I'm in that we're here. And I am creating sample applications and speaking at conferences and doing all these things to make people kind of aware of what's going on. But I think the the one piece that we've talked about anytime that we've touched on metrics is always making sure that your goal lines up with the broader company goal. And when you're early, early stage startup, it's so rare that they have more than one goal, right? It's either we are go to market or we are like making sure that people actually like the experience that they're having, or we're trying to get funding, which like we can even help support a company get funding by getting that feedback from the developers and getting the initial onboarding solid so that we're getting the praise from the developers that we need and things like that.
2: I have a question for y'all because I I just, I'm not sure I've seen this, but have you seen an early, like as early as we were talking today, an early stage DevRel hire at a non-developer product company, like where the end user is a customer? Because I feel like DevRel comes into play for a developer facing product earlier and that makes sense, but I'm PJ, you look like you have. Yeah. Something I to so say.
1: well well, I didn't see I wouldn't say it was a higher I, I worked on a contract with a company who had a non-dev, non-tech facing product. Um, but what they needed was integrations and documentation on their integration. So it was it was a sales-based tool. You can kind of say it was sentiment analysis. It wasn't really that, it was more more establishing like things that were talked about in sales calls. They would take the sales call or Zoom meeting, break down the language of it and say, okay, right here's where you lost the sale. Um, and here's why. Um, and here's where we get the sales. When we say these words, this is what happens. But they needed integrations with like Zoom and, and different phone calls. So it wasn't super dev rally, but I was working with the devs on their side and the end users who were generally salespeople or sales engineers. Um, and so like it was a DevRel because it was customer and public facing, but it wasn't necessarily the dev part. Um, so I, I think that's going to become more and more common as there are more and more technical solutions to what we consider non-technical problems. Um, I know that we've talked about this before. I've said it before. Once every company realizes that it is a tech company and that goes everywhere from the, the daycare you bring your kids to, to the bank, to the actual, you know, actual Amazon services, like all of those things, they're all tech companies, whether they want to be or not. They are the farmer's market is a tech company. Um, everything's a tech company. Everyone's using tech. So everyone is at some point going to need some sort of, maybe not developer relations, but definitely community relations help um, in some way, shape or form to explain the technology. Why are you using this? How do I integrate with it? How do I get to work? How do I get my personal technology to work with your product technology? And that's really, I mean, at the very, 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 very base of it, like at the, at the bare metal base of what we do, that's what we do. Um, it's about, explaining to people how different things can interface, whether that's people networking with each other, find like Mary was saying, finding VCs, uh, like SJ was saying, talking to people who are technical but not technical. Um, like, you know, they're users, but they're not developers. Like, all of these things are really key and intrinsic to what we do in DevRel. And I think we're going to see more people that are early DevRel folks at companies that are not in, for lack of a better term, a traditional DevRel role.
4: And another thing that I, I noticed... Um that was kind of light that I would, I think is also really important when you're in a flat organization. And we talked about how there's not really like a defined leadership structure. um, I think internal politics and relationships are also really important. Um, uh, Going besides like OKRs and how you're being measured, but relationships, to keep the company going for them to still have faith in you and for them to trust you because you're all kind of pioneering in this space. And so there's going to be a lot of mistakes. There's going to be things that go wrong. Uh, there's going to be wrong calls. And so understanding the, the, the threshold of risk and tolerance of the people you're working with, I think also is something uh, on both accounts. Like if, if things aren't ready to go out and they do go out. And if there are major problems that cause uh, some relationships on the developer side, um, some hiccups, and it makes your life pretty hellish. There's a lot of things internally that I think uh, can be touch and go if that relationship's not there.
2: Uh, Yeah. I think that like in that situation, you really, you can't hide, like whatever you're doing, like in the small, you know, whether it's like up to even up to like 50 people, you really can't hide what you're doing. People are going to know exactly where to look when something, you know, goes awry and it's going to be your, you know, your face that's going to need to solve the problem. And so that's like a very specific, you know, like in a larger organization, um, sometimes problems can be diffused over groups as opposed to individuals. So that's, that's something you have to kind of be ready for. And then the other thing is that just like the sheer, like, uncertainty of working at a startup or a small company is can be really stressful um you know there can be periods of time where you're not sure how much longer you'll have a job you know it depends how much runway there was you're trying to raise money like i think there's like those factors that come into play that folks don't think about as much um or that we didn't discuss today rather uh
1: that are important (laughs) they are
3: totally totally
2: yeah sorry no it's true
3: it's true and I think that's something to keep in mind and I I like that we kind of highlighted the the bright side of it um because I think we you know people people need to know to ask the questions about fundraising and about Runway and about, you know, what are the goals actually and why are we building this thing? And if if the founders can't tell you why they're building the product that they're building, run, run away. <laughs> um, but on the flip side of it, I think that that excitement of I'm literally building the foundation for the developer relations function at this company. I'm I'm building these initial relationships that are going to wind up being super successful for the for the future of our company ultimately right because it's people who are giving you solid feedback who are really helping you figure out what the problem areas are and so there's there's definitely some risk acceptance there and there's definitely um highs with the roller coaster along with the lows for sure the stakes are high either way yeah
1: the stakes are high um i think that's a good place to end it i think this was a this is a good after i think it was a good episode maybe we should revisit because it seemed like a lot of what we talked about here was we should have delved deeper we could have dug deeper into the whole subject and it would have been just as valuable. So maybe we'll talk to Taylor and David and Adrian about coming back sometime.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I still think it was the greatest episode of all time though.
1: Absolutely. This <laughs> is right. absolutely the best. Um, but with that, thank you everybody for listening and uh, catch us next time for the community pulse. And of course the after pulse. This has been
0: another episode of after pulse with Mary Thankful, at Mary underscore Grace on Twitter. Jason Hand, at Jason Hand on Twitter. PJ Haggerty, at Asplenic on Twitter. SJ Morris, at Sarah Jane Morris on Twitter. And Wesley Faulkner, at Wesley83 on Twitter. Learn more at communitypulse.io or at community underscore pulse on Twitter. We'll see you next time.